wonderful to be here tonight at our home church, and we're excited about what the Lord is continuing to do, and we're grateful that God has allowed us to be able to be in town this week. I'm thankful for uh, Brother Chamberlain and the group coming down from Granite State Baptist Church and uh, helping us at the Rock of Ages Ministries this week, and uh, that work is truly a miracle work. Jeremiah 33:3, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And uh, that work up there in Concord, New Hampshire, is a work that God is doing. He has his hand upon it. And it's just been a miracle work to see what the Lord's done in the provision, the souls had been saved, and the phenomenal growth of the church. Uh, Brother Chamberlain actually served on the staff of the Rock of Ages Ministry as vice president for the ministry uh, for some time and served as a missionary for a substantial amount of time. God used him in a wonderful way and then called him to Concord, New Hampshire, and uh, found out instead of uh, Concord, it's Concord, New Hampshire. And I, I found that out after the Chamberlains went up there, it was conquered for the glory of God. And uh, so we are grateful for them, and what a phenomenal work. Of course, we love our pastor and Miss Nolita, and we thank the Lord for them, praying for them in their meetings uh, this week, and it's an honor to be able to come tonight uh, to our home church, and I want to say thank you for your prayers for Peggy and I, and uh, it's always refreshing to be back at our church. Take it from someone uh, who has preached in literally hundreds of churches across this nation, and um, there's not many churches like Bible Baptist Church left. And I'm grateful for the old-time worship and for what the Lord's doing here. Thank God for the youth choir. I've always received a blessing uh, from the youth choir singing. And um, this week we have our missionary candidate classes taking place at the Rock of Ages. And we have three missionary candidates that are there. And one of them is the Soulsby's. We're thankful for them. Uh, doing exceptionally well this week. And I'm grateful for them. And I look forward to having them on uh, at the Rock of Ages Ministries. Please help us pray. We're claiming Matthew 9:38. Pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. And so we're claiming that verse for God's glory. Appreciate Brother Brian, Miss Noel, and uh, for their prayers for us, their friendship, and we are uh, grateful for them. Tonight, if you have your Bible, let's go to the New Testament. We'll go to the book of Acts, and we'll get right into our text tonight and hope that I can be of help and encouragement to you from the word of God. Please continue to pray for Peggy and I. Look forward to the Jubilee. We have a couple of days blocked off so we can be there. And we're excited about that. Already talked to a couple of preachers that said, we'll see you next week and or during the Jubilee. And so we are grateful for what the Lord's doing and for the provisions that will be coming up there. Acts chapter 4, we'll read just a couple, three verses of Scripture this evening. Please take your Bible and let's stand in reverence to the reading of the Scripture. If you're able to stand... Acts chapter 4, we'll begin in verse number 31. And they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that all of the things which they possessed was his own. But they had all things common, and with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Let's pray. Our fathers, we bow before you this evening. We thank you for our church. I thank you, Lord, for the people that are here and for the prayer and the support, and we thank you for this evening giving us the opportunity to hear the update on what you're doing there in Concord, New Hampshire. Thank you for Granite State Baptist Church, for all the youth that have been uh, assisting and helping this week at the Rock of Ages Ministries. I pray you'll continue to bless and provide the needs of that work. 
Father, I would ask you now tonight to continue to be a pastor as he uh, stands to preach. May you bless him in his meetings, help him to have the touch of God upon him, anointing, an unction of the Holy, uh, Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost of God. I do ask you tonight, our Father, that if there's one that's sitting under the sound of our voice that knows not the Lord as their Savior, may the Holy Spirit of God convict them and draw them tonight to thyself that they might believe and be saved. I would ask our Father tonight that you'll encourage the discouraged. I would ask you to be with those that are sitting under the sound of our voice tonight that just need to hear from heaven. I'd ask you, Lord, that you may encourage them, that you may bless them. Lord, I pray you'll strengthen your people, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you tonight from our text in Acts chapter 4, verse 31 through 33. Very simple subject that we have tonight. I want to speak to you on the fullness of the power of God. As we examine this passage of Scripture, and as we look at the Bible, there are three specific areas, though I'll not be speaking on all these subjects tonight. We'll see that we uh, can examine the power of God in creation, the power of God that is in consecration, and then also the power of God in the conversion of the sinner. And tonight, as we look at the Scriptures and as we consider and contemplate uh, the power of God and the fullness of God, I want you to know that God does not give His power arbitrarily to just anyone. In fact, I would say to you tonight that it is true that God gives His power to whosoever He wills, but I may say to you tonight that God only wills that His power be given to those that are clean vessels who meet certain criterion which is laid out in the Scriptures in order to receive His power. There are literally tens of thousands of Christians here in America and around the world, men and women that are gifted, men and women that are uh, talented, men and women who are wealthy, men and women who have tremendous gifts, and yet they are trying their best to serve God, but without the Spirit of God leading them, having full control of their lives, and as a result of that, they have stopped short of being able to be uh, have a fulfilling or leading of the Holy Spirit of God. As we begin to e examine the Scripture, if I may tonight, I would like to uh, speak of the existence of His power. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalm uh, 62 and verse number 11, power belongeth unto God. May I just say to you tonight that uh, there is really no power outside of the power of Almighty God. No creature has power without God authorizing that power. May I say to you that all a power in heaven and earth belong unto Him. And it is not our power tonight. Thank God it is His power and His alone. I want you to know tonight that we need the power of God. He has all power, and thank God we have Him, and therefore we can have power. The Bible said uh, in the Scriptures that power belongeth unto God. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this concerning the power and the presence of God. He said God's power is like Himself, self-existent, self-sustained. The mightiest of men cannot add uh, so much as a shadow of the increased power of that omnipotent one. He sits on no busted throne and leans on no assisting arm. His court is not maintained by his courtiers, nor does he borrow its splendor from his creatures. He himself, the great uh, central source, or is the great central source of power. 
And may I say to you tonight that I'm glad that God, as I said, is all power. And because we have Him, we have power with God. As we consider this, let me give you three or four portraits of the power of God referenced in the Scripture. In the book of Job, chapter 9 and verse number 8, the Bible said, He walketh upon the waves of the sea. May I submit to you, young man and young lady, that before surfers ever got on board a surfboard, that God walked on the white caps of the waves of the sea. He walketh on the waters of the sea. The Bible tells us in Job 22 and verse number 14, the Bible said, He walketh in the circuit of heaven. And I'm glad that he has all power and he walks on the waves of the sea and he walketh in the circuit of the heaven. May I say to you in the book of Psalm 104 and verse number 3, the Bible declares that he walketh on the wings of the wind. May I submit to you tonight that God is all powerful. He is power. He is the all omnipotent one and there is no power outside the power of God. The Bible said in Psalm 89 verse 11 and 12, the heavens are thine. The earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. The north and the south thou hast created them. And so we find that all things are made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. All power belongs unto God. Before man can work, he has to have tools substance, and resources. But God took nothing and made something. May I say to you in the book of John 1 and verse 3, the Bible said all things are made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. God merely spoke the word, let there be light, and there was light, the Bible declares. May I say to you there's power in the word of God. In Psalm 33, in verse number 9, may I just mention to you that the Bible says, He commandeth, and it stood still, or it stood fast. I'm glad that He has power tonight. He orders nature and His creatures. God orders the typhoons and the, uh, the cyclones, and God orders the hurricanes, and God orders the thunderstorms and the floods and the fires. God orders it all. He is all power, for God is sovereign tonight, and all things belong under the, under the power of God and His sovereignty. May I mention to you in the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, the Bible said his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise and the, his brightness was as the light and he had horns coming out of his hand and there was the hiding of his power. May I say to you tonight that when we walk out on a starry night and we look out into the galaxies and into the heavens and we see the, the stars and we see the moon and, and we look out and we see the uh, trees in the daytime that God has created and we look at all of nature, that my friend, we see in that the power of God. But may I say to you according to Habakkuk uh, chapter number 3 in which I've read tonight that the Bible says that in that is the hiding of His power. Power. And so what he is literally saying is that all that we can see with the naked eye is nothing in comparison to the true depth of the power and the presence of Almighty God. 
God shows His power when man is saved and the Holy Spirit of God convicts and draws and there's a conversion of a sinner. But I want to say to you tonight, I want to give you just a couple of things, and this will be the thrust of my thoughts tonight for just the next few moments. If God is all-powerful and we have God, therefore we have the power of God, and when I speak of the fullness of God, I'm not speaking of a special anointing or a special blessing tonight, and I don't have time to get into that. But what I am saying is, when I speak of the fullness of the power and the presence of God, I'm referencing an emptying of ourselves that God may have full preeminence in our lives. That we empty ourselves of ourself and the world and, and the conditions that we place upon God and allow Him to have full control and full reign in our lives. Notice in our text in verse number 32 where the Bible says, And the multitude of them believed and were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them aught of the things of which he possessed was his own. Notice, if you would please, in verse number 33 or verse number 32, the first condition of his power. If God does not just give his a power arbitrarily to anyone, but they have to meet a certain criteria, what is the first criteria in our text? The first criteria is a full surrender to God. They were willing to give everything they had and lay it at the foot of the cross and surrender everything they had, lock, stock, and barrel, both body, soul, and spirit, and mind, and will, and all of their earthly possessions, and everything within their power, they laid surrendered at the cross of Calvary. And may I say to you tonight, if we want the fullness of the power of God, it will only uh, come when we have met at least the first condition, and that is when we empty ourselves and we lay ourselves before the cross and we have a full surrender to the will of God. You cannot be sitting under the sound of my voice tonight and walking in rebellion against God and expect to have the power or the fullness of the power of God in our lives and in our hearts. It starts with a full surrender. The Bible said in Acts 4.32, Neither said any of them that all of the things which they uh, had uh, possessed was their own. And so they laid it at the cross. May I say to you, they laid their costliest possession at the foot of the cross of Christ. What is it tonight that you would be unwilling to give up as a Christian? Corrie Ten Boom in her book, The Hiding Place, and for those who uh, do not know who Corrie Ten Boom is, she hid Jews during the Holocaust, and she wrote a book entitled The Hiding Place of Her Experience, and she made this statement, I've learned to hold on to the things of this world lightly so that when he requires them of my hand, I may release them more freely and more easily. What is it tonight that you hold in your hand, you hold in your heart that God asked for tonight? And for God to get that, He has to pry your fingers and pry your hand to get it. You know what I've learned by my Christian experience of 41 years? The very thing that I, I can say to God, God, you can have everything you want but this one thing. And that seems to always be the very thing that God says, but that's the very thing I wanted. 
many sitting under the sound of our voice and many churches that we preach in across this nation are saved. They have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit indwells in them, but they are powerless. Because there's no surrender of self. The Bible said, Jesus said in Matthew 4, 19 to Peter, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Henry Varner said this concerning D.L. Moody. He said to him, it remains to be seen what God will do with a man who gives himself up wholly to him. And as we all know, D.L. Moody set out to be that man that would totally surrender his life to the will of God and totally lay himself at the foot of the cross. Where is that man or young lady sitting under the sound of our voice tonight here at our home church at Bible Baptist Church who would be willing to come to an altar and say to Almighty God, here I am, I lay everything at the cross tonight. I yield my life, I yield my time, I yield my talents, I yield my ability, I yield my future to the cross of Christ. When we hold back on God and hold out on God, we do despite to the grace of God and the power of God and His divine presence. When we disregard the power of God, we are saying to God, when we are not willing to trust Him with our our provisions and our, our daily necessities in our life, it's as if we are saying to God, I know that you're God and you can do all things, but this thing you cannot do. We must come to the place where we're willing to trust Him with our family, trust Him with our ministry. Not only do we find one of the conditions of this power, this fullness of the power of God at the full surrender mentioned in verse number 32, but also notice with me, if you would please, in verse number 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Not only do we find a full surrender to have the fullness of the power and the Spirit of God, we find also there was prayer involved. My friend, may I uh, say to you tonight that we cannot have power if we do not have prayer. They prayed and the place was shaken, the Bible said. Daniel prayed and was delivered from the lion's den. Daniel prayed and, as I said, was delivered from the lion's den. The three Hebrew children prayed and was delivered from the fiery furnace. Samson prayed and God gave him strength in his death. Elijah prayed and he brought fire down from heaven. Elisha prayed and the Jordan parted. 
May I just say to us tonight that prayer works in the church house. It still works in our personal house. It works at the Rock of Ages, and it works in the hard cases in our life. The problem is God said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. James said, You have not because you ask not. Our problem tonight is we don't pray. I remember Donnie Moore, one of our missionaries who was with our ministry for many years. And there was a gentleman in his prison at the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary he had uh, tried to talk to on a number of occasions and uh, the man wouldn't have anything to do with him. And I remember Brother Donnie Moore woke up in the middle of the morning. I don't remember the time. It seemed like it was around 2 o'clock or so and he'd been at the Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary for years. He walked up, woke up that night and the Lord had burdened him hard for this, his heart for the man he had been praying for. He got up and made his way to the prison. And as he entered into the institution, he went out on the prison yard. And if you've ever been to Brushy Mountain, it's one of the old type penitentiaries where the prisoners were stacked on top of each other in different levels inside that institution. And Brother Moore had been there all those years. He knew right where that man's cell block was. And he walked outside and bowed on his knees outside on the, in the yard. And he began to pray and lift his voice to heaven and pray for that man. And Brushy Mountain sits in a bowl and it's surrounded by mountains except for the entranceway. And all those concrete buildings were there. And the more Brother Moore began to pray, the more he got fervent in prayer. And the more he was burdened and the louder he became. And after a season of prayer, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit of God woke that man up in his cell block. And he went to the cell window and he began to listen to Brother Moore pray and pour his heart out to God in the midst middle of the night, in the middle of the morning, and the next morning, Brother Donnie Moore walked in uh, to the institution and went down by the man's cell, and the man was standing there waiting on him, tears dripping down his cheeks. He said, Preacher, you don't have to say anymore. I heard you praying last night, and the Spirit of God has convicted me. I'm ready to get saved and birthed into the family of God. We need the fullness of the power and the presence of Almighty God in our lives. But it will not come if we're not willing to surrender and then be willing to pray. Young people tonight, learn to pray. Prayer still works, but we must pray. Prayer is the barometer for, of the spiritual condition of the heart of the Christian, a ministry, and a church. Notice in verse number 31, the Bible says that when they prayed, the place was shaken. For they were all assembled together and they were, watch this, all filled with the Holy Ghost. Notice this filling. You say, well, preacher, what does it really matter? Ephesians 5.18, we're commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. In 1 John 2.20, the Bible speaks about having an unction. There are some marks of a spirit-filled preacher and ministry. We ought to have a ministry that is full of faith. We ought to have a life that has power. 
May I just mention to you the word anoint is a, a compound word in the text and it literally means to rub in. And what we need is the Holy Spirit of God to deal with us and to convict us and for us to yield ourselves to God. And in prayer we make a full surrender and allow the Holy Spirit of God to empower us and we empty ourselves of ourselves and we allow God to have full control. The Holy Spirit is divine in His character. He is eternal in His blessings. He is saving in His operation. He is enabling in His strength and power. He is keeping in His ministry, and He is moving in His Spirit. And my friend, tonight, we need the Spirit of God to have control of our lives. Notice, if you would, in verse number 31, some of the, presence of the examples of the presence of His power. Notice in verse number 31, they preached or they spake the word of God with boldness. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 9, and notice with me, we're right there close. Notice if you would please, and, and verse number 9, after Stephen in verse number 8, a full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose a certain of the synagogue of the uh, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines. And then he talks about the Serenians. And then the Bible says in verse number 10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. The message of a spirit-filled man or woman, and I'm not talking about just the preaching of the gospel, but the message is irresistible. It's not oratory skills that moves and convicts men. It is the Spirit of God that makes the message irresistible. A Spirit-filled message in, in our text, and I'll not take the time to look at it, it is opposing to sin, and it's focused on Christ. Notice in verse number 32 of our text, where the Bible says, and the multitude of them that believed with one heart and one accord. Literally, in the context of our uh, scripture, it is referring to unity. They have one heart and one accord. And it speaks of the uh, presence and the, the unity. It's not just that they had come together. They literally were knitted together in one heart, one mind, and one solidary purpose to do the work of the ministry in which God had laid and set out before them. Let me give you, if I may, a simple illustration tonight. Uh, which one? Come and help me just for a moment. Oftentimes we, we come together, and it's great to have a gathering. Take, if you will, and just take your hand, but now stay away from the chin here, and just take your hand and see if you can separate that for me, if you would, please. I'm going to give, go ahead and hit it hard now, because I'm going to put, oh, come on, you got to do better than that. All right, do it again. Come on, do it again. All right, okay. That's just the coming together. That's what we do. We come together. Wait, don't go nowhere. I'm not done with you. And we come together, and we share our prayer requests and, and so forth, but wait a minute. The disciples had not just come together. For where there's just a coming together, it can easily be separated and divided. What it literally means, don't go anywhere now. They became one, remember? About a husband-wife, a marital relationship, you become one. It literally means to be welded together. Anyone in here a welder? Last time I asked church that, half the women raised their hands. 
God's my witness. That's the truth. The man's like, what's welding? <laughs> Raise your hand again. You're a welder? Oh, we got a few, all right. And when you weld two pieces of metal, you literally melt the joints together and they become one. Now here's the difference. This is coming together, but God wants us to be of one heart, one mind, and one accord. Now give it all you got. I mean, put it, oh, come on, you can do better now. You're getting awful close back here. Let me back up some here, all right? One more time, all you got. Come on. Seriously? Oh, come on. Thank you. You can be seated. You see, there's a difference. One heart, one mind, one soul, one accord. That's what God wants. It's not just a coming together out of duty. There was a welding, a bonding of the Spirit. Notice, if you would please, in Psalm 133 and verse number 1, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? Notice, you would, in verse number 33, and I'm closing. Notice in verse number 33, And the latter part, and great grace was upon them all. They were all willing to share in the blessing. They were all willing to bear the burden. They were all willing to give up their earthly inheritance to gain a heavenly treasure. Equality, equal sacrifice, not equal giving. Gives us power to give, power to keep, power to uphold, power to equip, power to prepare, power to use. Why? Because we have yielded ourselves to his power, to his will, his purpose in our lives. As they come to the instruments and we get ready to close our services tonight, I wonder, sitting here under the sign of our voice, who it is that God may have spoken to concerning your life, his will, his power, the emptying of ourselves and the laying ourselves on the altar and saying to God, God, I may not have much, but you can have what I have. Let's pray. Fathers, we bow before you tonight. I pray you'll take these few short, simple thoughts, use them for thy glory and thy honor. God, give us your power tonight. Help us as a people to meet the conditions of your power. A full surrender, prayer, a yielding of ourselves. Please, tonight I pray, have you will win this invitation. We ask in Christ's name. Heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. I wonder tonight, all over the auditorium, who would say, and the young people, preacher tonight, would you pray for me? I want the power of God. I want the presence of God. I want him in my life, and I want him in my heart, and I want him to have every bit of me. Would you pray for me? Would you let me know by a quick uplifted hand? Thank you. Thank you. Hands are all over tonight. Folks are coming. Why don't you come? You need to come to the altar tonight. Why don't you come? Come now. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. How many sitting on the sound of my voice, especially among the young people? The Holy Spirit of God's been dealing with you for some time now, but you've been reluctant to yield. You've been reluctant to lay it all on the altar. 
Why don't you just come tonight and give God whatever it is? And come to the Lord and say, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. As Brother Brian sings tonight, why don't you come?